Welcome to this week's episode of Birthright Living Legacy Podcast, where we share the stories of fatherhood and their effects because there is no manual. We are here to learn from each other as we build our fatherhood playbook. Now welcome your host, Marquise and Crystal Dennis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so excited to be here with you today. I get the opportunity, the once and the only, to introduce my rib, my reason for being. Ladies and gentlemen, put it together for Mrs. Dennis. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, thanks, love. <laughs> well, welcome back to all of our listeners. I always struggle when I say speakers or viewers every time. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not on, we're not on TV yet. Oh, We're working goodness. On it oh, goodness. <laughs> well, today we actually have a very special guest, someone who has birthed, uh, uh, birth, blessed Birthright Living Legacy, um, and you get to hear him actually every time we speak because he has done our voiceover for our intro and our outro. He has also been married for 39 years. He's a father of two kids and a grandfather of four. Uh, he's just going to go into uh, what it was like to raise his two kids and maybe teach us a little bit what it was like to, or what it is like to be a grandfather as well. So without further ado, please help me introduce Raymond. Oh, oh yeah. So you gotta you gotta say something because hello, the, the <laughs> people aren't gonna be able to know that that this is the this is the voice of a birthright and also uh, a astounding ph philanthropist um, because you know you were the one that created the video for us as well. Yes. Um, and that was just uh, a blessing because, you know, I was just at church minding my own business. And he was like, hey, man, I made something for you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then just socks were blown off. You know, it was hard for me to even stand after that. So thank you so much for your contribution to everything yes, that we've done you. here. At you're Birthright. welcome. You're welcome. I, I just, you know, I'm, I've always, I've learned, I learned this a long time ago from Brother Kenneth Copeland. He said, always try to find a need and move to fill it. Mm. And if you know if I see, if I see a need and I can do something about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I can to fill that need. And so I I, I knew that, that you guys was putting this all together and, and helping the fathers around the world and in our communities and things. So I just knew I just I said well this is something that I can do. Mm. Let me go ahead and make them them a intro I mean a uh, video that explains what they they're, they're actually gonna be what they're about what they're gonna be doing and and reaching these fathers. And and then the children along with it. So, uh, just went to you guys' website, got enough information, just put put together a script, made a, vo a voiceover with it, and then just added the video. Wow! Well, yeah. it couldn't have come out a better time. It was very, very motivationing. Motivate. Well, I'm struggling with the words today. Let me tell you, <laughs> very motivating, and yes. also just a reminder that you know this is much bigger than us. Yes. And so yes. it was great to just have you know again, Marquis didn't even know you were doing that. Didn't yeah. reach out for help. Didn't nothing, and you were just right there, ready. So yes. we appreciate. And you. it was really, it was really at a great time because you know in the beginning I was getting super frustrated thinking. Yeah. Somebody's got to know how to do something. Everybody just has ideas of how it should be, but nobody wants to do anything. And, so, and two, I figured that it, you know, you seeing the video and listening to the video would help you would help solidify yes your vision. Mm. It exactly did. You know, basically based on the information that I that I received off your website, you know, seeing it. Yeah. You know, seeing those fathers working with their children and, 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 the, and the information that you guys was putting out there mm -hmm. help you to solidify the vision that you had for Birthright. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Now, in typical Birthright fashion, our very favorite question to ask is, what was your favorite part about being your father's son? My favorite part was uh, I learned work ethic. Mm. Uh, my dad worked hard, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember that as I was growing up, my dad would get up. Get up my my dad and my grandfather would get up early in the morning. I didn't know what time. It's still dark. Mm. They would drive all the way to Oklahoma City from Tulsa from t from from Stillwater. Oh, okay, from Stillwater, Oklahoma, all the way to Oklahoma City. And they would work. They worked at a uh, meat plant, mm -hmm. and he was a, my grandfather was a butcher. And my dad was the one to kill the cattle, shoot, shot the cattle. Wow! Mm. And they would, he was, they, they would, uh, basically, you know, pack the meat and all that stuff. They just, just a factory, factory, come from killing them to, you know, cutting them up and you know, packaging them up. 
the full process. Full process. So my uh, my mom, I remember my mom, and my dad and grandfather getting up every morning, man, driving to Oklahoma City. And they would go all the way down there, clock in, work all day, drive all the way back. They did that for years. Wow. I mean years. So I, I, as a growing up, I saw that my I saw work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, the dependability, and and just getting out there and getting it done, taking care of his family. He had four four kids, four of us. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I learned work ethic, and you know, I didn't I didn't take it in right off the bat. Right, my brother did. My brother right. was on, always on a job, had a job, and everything else. And you know, I didn't. Was he older than you? No, I'm I, I'm the oldest. Of, okay, of the whole bunch. I'm the oldest whole bunch. And my dad was always telling me, he said, your brother's always, you know, going to work and doing things. How come you're not doing anything? And my, my idea, I always had this in, in this thing in my mind that I was going to go play pro football. Oh. And uh, didn't didn't do anything else, you know, didn't really get out there and get out there and get, you know, go to work and, and do things like that. But late, late, later on, as I got older, I realized that I need, you know, I need to start doing some things, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that I have that same work ethic. Right. You know, because my dad, when he, even when he come home from work, he, you know, he would, he would, uh, he was also an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He would make lamps out of bull horns. Oh, wow. wow! You know, just uh, like lamps that you, like uh, table lamps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would make table lamps out of uh, bull horns, uh, even after work. Wow. So now I'm, I'm, I'm realizing why I do what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I go to work every day. I come home and divorce overs at night. But people all over the world, you yeah. know, businesses all over the world. Yeah. And but he, he like I said, it was just that work ethic, staying, staying in the grind, you know, taking care of his family, doing whatever he had to do in order to make sure we had food on the table and a roof over our head. So when you were making that transition as a athlete, were you were you finding yourself like doing a lot of extra practice, or were you just, you know, I'm a star football player, so I'm gonna just chill and. And enjoy it. And see, I didn't. I, I was I was like a star football player, one of one of the stars on our team. But we just, I just, even yeah, I, in during the summer months, I would, I would, we would go run stadiums up at Oklahoma State with mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, cement blocks on wow. both hands. Uh, we run clean to the top, all the way down to the bottom. You know, trying to stay in shape. You know that kind of thing. But I just didn't have. I, I was just all about sports, right? And it, it, I didn't really think about. So you, know, you had the work job. ethic. You just didn't apply it. Just in didn't a way apply to it in a money. way to make money. You <laughs> <I know? got laughs> you. Yeah. So, and I was I was constantly getting older and older, you know. Right. And you know, at, at some point in your life, you got to you got to do something. Yeah. So I got to the point where I started going, uh, started working at a body shop with one of my friends and his dad. You know, just making just a little bit of odds of money here and there and other, but it really. Once I met Pam, my wife, it really took off where, mm-hmm. you know, I realized, hey, I got responsibility. Wow. And uh, I've got to go to work. Yeah. And so uh, even even after I got married with her, she took care of us mm. for a while. And uh, once, uh, you know, after a little, little while after we got married, I think it was probably maybe a year or two, I finally got me a job. And I stayed on that job for, I think, like 15 years. I think it was before we moved to Tulsa, and uh, but it, it still is me work ethic, and I've been working like that ever since. So yeah, with my dad, basically work ethic. It's so crazy because you know me watching you from afar. You know what I mean? Like even from, I can remember when I was like 17, 18 years old. I've always known you to be like having two gigs going. Yeah, you yeah. know you always worked, and then you always had a side hustle. Yeah. So it's so crazy to hear like at some point in life that you were, you know, not doing. <laughs> yes. Because it, that, that's all I've ever seen. But that's 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 the thing, you know. We 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 people evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sometimes it takes longer. Right. To to get to that point where you need to be getting. And you, you just can't be looked down on people because they, they're not doing what, what you think they ought to be doing right now. And that's the same thing with kids. Yeah. You know, when we talk about our children, mm-hmm. you know, if our kids look like they're lazy and they're not doing anything, that ain't the end point. Yeah. That's not the end. Yeah. Because at some point in their lives, you're going to see a whole different ball game because they see what, see what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I saw what my dad did, yeah. but it just wasn't taking yeah. at, the, at the point. But, but so let me let me ask you before we transition into you as a father, yeah. what was it like? You know, because I know you know your dad probably wasn't always on you like 
you need to go to work. But what was it like for him, you know, seeing that he had to drive so far and work and then still hustle with the uh, the lamps on the side? Was he able to be involved in your sports? Was he able to play with you? Like, what was the – Well, see, that was one thing about my dad when it comes to sports. He was always there. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was at the game. Yeah, mm -hmm. he going to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, matter of fact, I did a, a – a, a, when I was doing public speaking, I did a, a speech on, on my dad uh, – the fact that he was at the football games and, and he was watching me and, and he would he he would sit on the outside of the seat out there and just to make sure he could get out. Right. You know, if he if I if I broke through the hole and was running down the field, man, he would jump out of the stand, he would run all the way down the stadium stairs. When I got the touchdown, he would sit up and he'd turn toward the audience. That's my boy. Ah, That's yeah. my boy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, he was always there when it came to come to come to sports. He he supported me when it comes to my sports. Yeah. So I gotta ask you, man, because I, I it just it just touched a place in my heart. What was that like for you to score a touchdown, to turn over, yes, and see your dad say, man, it means everything in the world, bro. Really, everything in the world, because you just you just you just you know you you got you got that support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my dad cares about me. And that's one thing about, uh, you know, when it comes to my, my, y your kids, we, we have to make sure that they, they know without a doubt yeah. that you love them. Yeah. No matter what they've done, whatever, no matter what, the, what, cause they're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We've oh, yeah. all been there. Yeah. So yeah, well, no matter what they've done or what, uh, whatever they get off into, cause they're going to get into some, some things and they have to learn from them. Yeah. But they have to know for a fact that there's no doubt in their mind that you, mom and dad, love them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we had talked about, um, you know, some of those things as far as, like, the children uh, making the mistakes and loving them through it. But before we get to that, what was your favorite part about being a father? Oh, man, just being able to be there for my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, I remember when Josh was Josh – was, little bitty thing you know we <laughs> first first teaching him how to ride his bike yeah and uh, didn't really have the confidence to do it you know yeah. so i'd get behind him i'd, I'd hold his seat and we just i'd run behind him as we was running down the road yeah and then eventually i got to the point where i just let him go man he was he was thrilled beyond measure <laughs> man he was thrilled beyond measure that he wow. was able to keep that bike up and and be, be able to just drive right on down down the road but he had to get to that point where he got that balance. Yeah. And then he, you know, n not knowing that I was still on, wasn't still back there. Uh -huh. You know, he thinking dad's still holding that seat. Yeah. Mm. Well, it, it wasn't happening. But so he, he just took on off, man. And from then on, man, he was just a riding fool. He could ride that bike day and day. I'd go over, go around the block to his friends, and they would ride bikes all day long. Wow. But yeah, just being there for your kids, man. No matter what. Was it was it a, a surreal feeling for you to be like, you know, like your dad when he was like, "That's my boy," like when he was driving that yes, bike, yes, or you screaming yes, down the street, yes, "That's my boy." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're doing it, son. You're doing it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Did he turn back and look at you and fall? Oh man. Oh man. We we had a blast. I used to. I mean, we used to play basketball on the court. We had a basketball court on the, right mm -hmm. there on the, in the driveway. And, you know, he learned how to shoot free throws, and man, he would hit them all day long. Yeah. And uh, he, I watched him play basketball. He was he was kind of like the Dennis Rodman type, you know. Yeah. He would do a bunch of rebounding and, and oh, playing yeah. great defense, you know, like that, you know. But He's a die in his hair type for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He it's, even dyed his hair when he was younger. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so funny because, you know, it, being that I knew you first yeah. and then I knew him separate, I never knew the two of you were connected. Yeah. And it was so crazy because I remember, you know, you were talking to me as if I knew. You were like, oh, man, I'm so glad that you hanging out with Josh. And then I was like, wait, how do you know that I'm talking to Josh? And you were like, that's my son. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yes. And for those of y'all that don't know, there's a legendary DJ here in town uh, by the name of Oreo. He actually was on the ground phase when I very first started Birthright. Yeah. Um, he helped me as far as, like, getting everything started, like, giving me the ideas for 
you know, how to put the things together as far as graphics, as far as art. Yeah. When we got the, you know what I mean? And it was so crazy that the both of you guys helped yeah. interdependently yeah. on this project to be able to help it grow. It just, it goes back to what you were saying. Like, you know, they're watching you yeah. and they're going to pick up that work. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, DJ Oreo, we thank you. We appreciate you yes, for yes. you know all you did, and now that we know how you learn how to ride a bike, we yeah, can. yeah, <laughs> love you, son, love you. <laughs> we can steer you on. Yeah. So yeah. you also had a daughter as yes. well. Yes. Uh, tell me what it was like to. Um, so you were raising kids in the in the nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Mm, my boy is thirty five. I think thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. 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 So uh, what was it yeah. like to this raise kids in the nineties? I was a well, kid in the '90s, so it's just—it's it, it, really no different. I mean, really, it's you think. Well, it's it's more more peer, peer pressure and stuff nowadays now with all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, you, my kids went through you know peer pressure and stuff like that. You know, uh, kids trying to get them to do things they don't they shouldn't be doing. They're not getting taught at home. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad's trying to keep them on, you know on a straight and narrow. But I also, like I said, it, it was it was after the fact. But I made a lot of mistakes as a dad. I'm, I'm not I'm gonna admit that, you know. I made yeah. a lot of mistakes as a, as a dad, and we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, where you punish your kids, but there's no teaching moment. Yeah. yeah. Talk you about know? that. Talk about you that. know you 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 just punish them, you know, and and they don't even know why, you know, it hadn't been explained to, you know, really in depth, why they're getting this this punishment. You know, all that, well, I've done something wrong, or I did this wrong, but you got to have the teaching moment. And I, like I said, I learned this later, later in life, that you have to teach them, oh, son, this is why we don't do this. Mm. The, these, these are the consequences that you're going to receive if you don't, you know, hang, if you don't hang with this guy. Right. This, you see the kind of behavior this young man is doing and what kind okay. of trouble he's getting into. Th- those things are going to happen to you if you don't stop running around with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, one of my uncle said, my, one of my cousins told me, he said, my, my dad came, his dad came to him and told him, he said, son, let me tell you something. He said, if you won't allow me to teach you the consequences for the bad things in life, the world will. Mm. He said, it's not, that's going to be the hard way. Yeah, because there ain't no love. I'm ain't worried. no love. Because when a pl- policeman get a, a nightstick and go upside your head, this, the, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be a whole different ball game that it is right now. Yeah. See, I'm 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 punishing you and training you. Yeah. He's just going to punish you. Yeah. And it with no with with no thought about you Man. or your life. So yeah, it's and it's, and and I I just I'm gonna tell you as a person that's had the experience, those batons don't bend. No, they don't. They got a metal rod right down the middle of that yes, thing. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. And I promise you. I don't care how strong you are. You get hit with one of them, it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. It's, it's breaking hurt. something. Yes. You know, you get the right guy behind that. It's, it's, if, you ever, if you ever get a chance to go to the store and buy you a tire thumper, mm-hmm. they got you for yeah. the 18-wheelers. Yeah. yeah, I've had That's, it. Yeah. I've had one. Yeah. 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 You should drive 18-wheelers. That's But, no yeah, it's, 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 all, it's all about the, the, just training these kids and, and making sure that they, they turn out to be good citizens right. and loving people. You know, being considerate of, of yeah. adults, respecting adults. Yeah. I don't care where you are. Because yeah. you know, I know when I grew up, if I was down the street and I was messing up, the neighbor would whip me home. Man, we used to. I, listen, you hear me? I grew up in that era. Yeah. <laughs> the yes. neighbor would get you. And yes, then when, you got, when your parents got home, you got another one. It wasn't even no explanation. <laughs> no. It was, oh, you know what it is. Yes, sir. You got another and, one. Yeah. And, I, you know, one of the funny things is, is that, like, today in age, you know, some of the parents are like, well, you still got in trouble, and you, uh, and you, you got whooped. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, but you, what you don't understand is when I got whooped, it was to teach me that there's responsibilities and there's and there's you know uh, what do you call it? recourse? Yeah. There's 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 you know things that are going to happen. Absolutely. You know that was that was all it was to teach me. Yeah. I said because when I got arrested, you know I just shut up and took my punishment. I didn't try to blame somebody else. Yeah. I didn't try to make up a story. I just said. They were like, did you do it? I was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you taught yeah. me. I was in the midst of it, you yeah. know, yeah. versus when I started to read the paperwork for the individuals that may have not got whoopings, mm-hmm. they were telling on all kinds of people. Yeah, and I was like, why would you bring somebody else 
And today, you know, the, uh, the, the famous quote that I, that I use still to this day is, you can't control your consequences, but you can control your actions. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know that, you know, as a, as, you, you know, if you can get whooped from somebody random, you start to pay attention to what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And then you start to think about, but when you don't give punishments to children, like the Bible says, you know, yeah. spare the rod, hate you, your child. Yes. You know, yes. and, and it provides the opportunity for them to not be loved, not be cared for, because they, nobody's teaching them anything. Nobody's and then when they get out there in the world and find out that <laughs> that, that police stick ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. You can, and no some joke. of these guys are finding out, unfortunately, with their lives. But, you know, when you catch a police officer or, you know, even a teacher or somebody that's just having a bad day yeah. and you say that wrong thing, you know, you could set off that powder keg and you have no idea what the recourse is. Yes. When when, it, when really, if you were, you know, having that opportunity to to be, you know, like you said, taught yep. and shown that you don't have those issues. There's always a payday. So I, the reason why I asked you about the raising children in the 90s is because that was when gangster rap came out. And, you know, the promiscuity of children was, and I say children, teenagers, um, was acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a song, I remember when Snoop Dogg came out, he said, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. And it gave this an idea to young ladies that, you know, hey, if his friend wants to do it and he wants to do it and then they want, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And as you're raising a daughter in that kind of a, you know, she probably obviously wasn't involved in all of that, but mm-hmm. Just to know that that is the atmosphere that she's entering into school with. Yeah. You know, like, what is that like for you and your wife to have that, you know, those conversations? Because, you know, you didn't have cell phones back then, but pagers were a thing. Um, you know, school dances were a thing. Like, how did you guys, um, as, a, as a dad and mom, parent in those times? Well, we made sure we, we, we knew where our kids were mm-hmm. and, and let them know that we would show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. We, we'll show up. You might just out of the blue. We gonna we, we might just show up on you. Yeah. See 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 if you're doing what you say you're doing. Right. But uh, a lot of times we didn't let them go a lot of places, man. Especially if it was if it was with people we didn't we didn't know, or whether if somebody did, that wasn't in, in in church, there was you know just like we had some some uh, some kids that, that was in our neighborhood, you know we just constantly let let our kids know. Don't don't run with these guys. Mm. Yeah, you know it, it's just even when you're growing up, don't don't run these don't run with these people because mm-hmm. it's gonna be a payday. Yeah, and uh, like I said, my daughter, we uh, we basically sheltered our kids. Man, we pretty we were pretty. Um, I could say we were pretty strict. Yeah, we wouldn't just allow them to do anything. Right, you know, go anywhere. We tried to keep them busy with basketball or whatever they wanted to be involved with. Mm-hmm. You know, get them around good kids. You know, Christian good Christian families. Mm-hmm. That was raising their kids the same way. We, we took them out of school at, at one point because things was going left. Really? Yeah, we took them out of school and went where Pam homeschooled them. Really? Yeah, what home- grades about? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the middle, middle, middle parts grades. Okay. It, like the, the, Six and ten, s- yeah, something somewhere. Like that. Probably, oh, 10, 11, maybe younger than that. 10, 11 grade, maybe more. Yeah, right around that middle part. Not not elementary, but but also he went to Victory went early on. Mm-hmm. They went to, we sent him to Victory School early on, and then we got once they got into public schools, uh, we we just they were they were they were older, okay, you know, but you know we just we just made sure that we just try to stay on them, man. We had to we had to make sure that they was where they were saying they was going to go. We wouldn't allow them to go certain places, uh, do certain things. You know, because, you know, kids will always try to buck the system. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. I mean, we did it when we were growing up. You know, always try to, dad tell you this, and well, I'm going to see just how far mm-hmm. I can go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> without getting in trouble. Wait a minute. None yeah. of us ever yeah. did that. <laughs> Never did but, that. But, yeah, you just, we just had to, just had to be hands-on. You know, mm-hmm. just be hands on. Some, like I said, I, I know some parents out there just let their kids go. I've, yeah. I've watched it in my neighborhood, you know, growing up. You just let the kids do whatever they want to do. Well, yeah. that's going to be a payday. Yeah. 
Because that's, that, that kind of behavior and all the stuff that they get into is going to be handed to generation to generation. Yeah. Mm. See, their, their kids are going to be the same way they are, whether it be they get on drugs or whatever it may be, because that's what they saw mom and dad do. Mm-hmm. You, know, they might, you, might not, you might tell them one thing, but they're going to do what you do. Yeah, it's very true. I, uh, I had a friend, you know, when I first started to have different, uh, different friends of a different ethnicity, and uh, I remember going to her house, and, you know, she was, her mom said something, and she was like, beep, 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 beep. And I was like, whoa. I said, hey, listen, I don't know what, you, uh, what y'all got going on, but you ain't going to talk to your mom like mm-hmm. that when I'm here. Mm-hmm. And her mom turned to me and was like, thank you. And I looked at her like, you're crazy, mm-hmm. lady. Why would you let this girl talk to you like that? Can't do it. And, you know, I, I real, she was like, I can say what I want. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a human or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me, just, let me just save you the trouble now. Don't ever come to my house. Because mm-hmm. if you say something like that to my mama, she's going to knock you out. Yes, mm-hmm. And then my sister going to knock you out after. So I would suggest you stay over here with this nonsense. Because to me, like you said, you know, when you watch kids let go, you know, it's a fine line between trying to understand, you know, are they um, disrespectful or is it just different? Because you don't want to tell somebody else, you know, like you said, there's no manual, but you don't want to tell somebody else how to raise their kids or, or do you? It's like, you know, you're stuck in that weird, weird place. But it's like, listen. I can assure you, at my house, it ain't gonna work. That, <laughs> that ain't no, gonna. No, man, Dad would. Ooh, man, Dad would tear you up. I remember some days, man. I'd I'd wake up getting a whooping. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, you know what I'm whooping you for? Uh. You know exactly what I'm whooping you for. Wow. See, so you think you're getting away with it? And you ease up, and you ain't getting away with it. Wow. So, Dad, would, would he give you the teachable moment, or he, he just, just let you looked know, at you? You know what I'm whipping for. You know what it is. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. And you just had to roam through your mind. <laughs> they can't do that no more. I can't do none There's of those. There's the logic. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that no more. You yeah. Know? yeah so. I remember those. Yeah. That, that, was a weird, that was a weird day and time to look oh, at it now, because as now we transition as you're a grandparent. Like, could you imagine, like, oh, waking man. your... Grandkids up? Oh, you know what I'm whooping mm-hmm. <laughs> They would be they, like... They couldn't handle that Yeah, today. they wouldn't be able yeah, to take they, that. Yeah, they couldn't oh, handle man. that today, man. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't even know if your daughter would be able to... She'd be like, oh, no, you can't go no, there. can't no. go that route, man. Yeah, they, these kids nowadays, they couldn't handle that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we was a different breed. Yeah. Yeah, we, was yeah. Di- we, didn't, we just didn't fall apart right off the bat. You know, a lot of, lot of, you know, just, a lot of kids grow up nowadays, man, they don't really have any... Uh, uh, what they what they call uh, tenacity? Well, just resilience. Being able to handle problems. Oh, right, right, right. You know, coping, they, yeah, coping skills. Yeah, being able to you know handle problems. If, if something's get, they just they go, they brain go tilt. Yeah, they don't try to work through it. Yeah, you know, we work through it yeah. by whatever means necessary. I think that I think that the the objective was to try to remove as many obstacles from the children. Um, I, I get where their heart was, yeah. but just like you explained, it caused another issue that yeah. I don't think people realize because it's just like it's just like the kids that compete, right? Yeah. When they started to give all the kids a trophy, no matter what, a mm-hmm. participation trophy, I get where you're coming from by saying, "Hey, you did do the thing," but the problem in that is it taught an underlying lesson of. No matter what, as long as you show up, you deserve something. Yeah. yeah. And that's just not the that's case. That's not the case. You know, uh, when you go to work, you can't just show up. Mm-mm. Like, you know what I mean? Could no. you imagine you just show up and Some, then didn't drive your truck? You yeah. just, I'm here. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. Otherwise, you ain't going to have the work ethic. You're yeah. not going you're you're to put forth no effort to being able to get better at whatever you're doing. They don't, basically, what they don't have is... is, is, is uh, Social social working out skills, work, working things out. Mm-hmm. Just you know, if you eighteen nineteen years old and you don't you can't change a flat, something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just in like I say, we have to work with we have to make sure that back then we made, I made sure my kids knew what was going on. I try to teach them you know as I went on. This is how you do it. This is how you do this, and this is how you do that. If you got a car, this is how you do this. Okay, I'm gonna show you how to fix this. My dad did me the same way. 
And and if if you just let them go, because I mean some of these some of these guys out here letting the girls do everything. They, the boy, you know what I'm saying? The, the boyfriends, mm-hmm. they they can't they don't know how to deal with stuff, and they got to let the girl do it. And see, this is not the generation that I ran up in. Yeah, I, I grew up in. Yeah. Guy did everything. Yeah. Whether put gas in the car. You don't sit in the car. A man doesn't sit in the car and let his girl put the gas in. He'd be taxing, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was a a really profound (laughs) dumb text. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't work. You know what's funny is I actually started, um, because I started young, um, you know, my mom and grandma made me do that. And then when when I realized that, you know, I didn't have any girlfriends or anybody that I respected, I had a, a really good friend, Chrissy. Um, and so we were like really good friends. And so I said, Hey, just so you know, uh, from now on, I'm going to start practicing on you. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, you know, the girls that I pick for some reason, I just don't respect, Mm -hmm. but I need to make sure that I don't lose my chivalry skills. And if I don't have someone to practice on, then I'm going to lose it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because for some reason, like I, my picker was broke. And so the girls I picked were for more convenience than they were for, uh, for me to, um, you know, have as a potential mate. Yeah. And I knew that if I got out of the practice of that, by the time I met her, Mrs. Wright, Mrs. Rib, Mrs. Yeah. Dennis, yes, you know, I would still be kind of fighting that selfish uh, mentality. So did you, did you date your daughter whenever you guys were, when she was growing up or was that a was that no. a thing back then? No, I I, I didn't. I, I I did take her uh, and her couple of her friends on her birthday. I think it was her birthday. She had a couple of her girlfriends over, and I took my semi truck mm. and I just took them around town. Mm-hmm. Just drove them around town. They they had a blast. Yeah, you know. But it's it's just these little things, these moments that these these kids will never forget. Mm-hmm. They don't forget that. Yeah, and they but that lets them know Dad's here. And he loves you. Yeah. You know, he would take out his time, drive his semi truck, run his gas out. Yeah. That he got. Yeah. <laughs> you know? putting like 200 in the tank. <laughs> right. Ain't no $5 yeah. on yeah. the tank. So, it yeah. It just, I just, it, just, it just made her night special. Yeah. You know, and, and these are the types of things that we have to, like I said, you have to let them know that no matter what, they have no doubt in their mind that my mom and daddy love me. Yeah. No mm. matter what. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned something about the, uh, you know, just the men of this day and how the women are, you know, taking that role. And I just thought that was so essential to highlight because that's that's part of why birthright is here, you yes. know, because we want to encourage the men and spur them on. And, and the reality of the fact is a lot of them didn't have fathers yeah. or a lot of them didn't even have role models to teach them, hey, this is your role. Yes. You know what I mean? This is something I, I hate to use the word entitled to, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is something to hold with honor, not yes. not to be passively given, um, you know, because then it just begins to to mess with the framework of a man's mind, Absolutely. you know, and then it's however many years before they begin to realize something is off, yes. you know, and hopefully that that connection moment hits. But um, so so that's why we're here. We want to make that community, whether you had a father, you didn't have a father. We just want you to know you have a role in this world, and as soon as you start taking hold of that, you're going to start to see those breakthroughs. No Absolutely. matter what. Absolutely, that's that's a, that's a fact. And men have to just stand up and be men. Yeah. Whether you had a dad or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the reason why you you got this this organization is very important. Yeah. Very important. I mean, you, just, there's, you don't see very many things like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you see a lot of stuff for women. Oh, yeah. But you don't see a whole lot of stuff like this for men. Yeah. And so, yeah, men have to step up to the plate and be the man. Yeah. You know, we can't let the woman do everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, there was a, I think there was a shift that was made, unfortunately, uh, again, to the detriment, but nobody really intended for it to be that way. Yeah. I think what happened was there was a – there was a time period where chauvinism was taking over and men were improperly treating their women. Yeah. And, you know, I, because I run into this a lot when I try to talk to women, uh, some of the women, you know, it's like, Hey, we're not, we're not into bashing women. Like, you know, both parts are equally important. And when I say that we're celebrating fathers, we're trying to build up fathers. 
it's with the intent that they're going to be better husbands. Absolutely. They're going to be better sons, Absolutely. better fathers, Absolutely. as well as better brothers. Yes. You know, it's yes. not to say that because we lift men up, women lose. Mm-hmm. We do know that there was a time where that was a thing. Yeah. And even, you know, I hate to paint that era with such a broad spectrum brush, like every man was abusing his wife, and that was not, not the, the case. case. No. But there has been some people that have done that, mm-hmm. and there's still going to be, no matter what yeah, we do, no matter there's what. still going to be people that do that. But I think you brought a very interesting point about, you know, uh, you know, and it, and, it, and it partners up so well with something that I learned from Dr. Miles Monroe. When the use of a thing is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Inevitable. And inevitable. as I've learned that term, you know, when you think about, you know, as a, I remember when, my, when I first started pumping gas for my mom, mm-hmm. you know, what a great feeling it was to be that man. Yeah. And I had to lift over my head to squeeze the pump. And then how bitter I got when I was 19 or 17 or 12 and still had to do it, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I realized that when I opened a door for a lady that I didn't know, Mm -hmm. the reaction on their faces. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, this is what. And and it's still to this day, women will be like, wow. And I, you know, I'll see them start to run. I'll be like, whoa, 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 calm down. I'm here, you know. And they they can't believe it Mm -hmm. because transitioning into 2000 there's young ladies now that you try to hold the door open you know what they'll want say you to do it don't hold my door open mm-hmm. i can open my own so, door absolutely say, don't you understand me holding the door is not saying that you can't it's saying that you deserve absolutely for someone to have this happen yes for you. yes because if you don't if you lower the standard of what you're willing to accept and that means I get to lower the level at which I'm going to treat you. And I love, you know, sometimes it bothers me when I forget to open my wife's door. Absolutely. You know, like this morning it was happening. We are walking out. And normally, you know, I, I always remember. But I was walking. And I was walking around the car. And she was locked eyes on me. And I'm walking. And I was like, oh, wait. And she was like, well, I didn't know what I was going to do because, you know. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. was such an interesting dynamic, sorry, in the very beginning, because that drove me nuts. Yeah. Never have I, I mean, I've randomly walked into a place and a man, ha- a man held the door, yeah. um, but never have I ever been around anyone, much less dated someone who was so, listen, my, our first date, we're walking out of the restaurant, and he's got his hands full. He's got the to-go stuff. He's got his, you know, phone. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get the door. That's a normal thing in my mind. Yeah. He would not walk out of the building. Mm, no. He wouldn't even say anything. Mm. I'm like, what is wrong with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that took a lot in me <laughs> to then allow him to open the door for me. And I'm not going to lie, that first month, couple periods, you know, I'm like, why am I waiting for you to hold my door when I can get in the car myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I mean, Steve, I mean, Steve Harvey said the same thing. He said, "Man, his wife will get if he if he forgets to to, to open the door for her on the car. Yeah, she will stand there, stand there. She mm-hmm. and, and as she should. She mm-hmm. just stood there. And it's and he, he, oh, oh okay. I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. You know, because that's that's it's just the way it is, man. It is. If you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna, and that's another thing. Kids have to know for a fact that they daddy love mama. Mm. They got to know it. Ooh, that's they've got to see it." One. They got to see it day in and day out. If they don't know anything else when they leave the house yeah. and on their own, my daddy loved my mama. And my mama loved my daddy. Yeah. Wow. What are some ways that you are able to, to be able to just clearly show that, you know, and just, just, you know, you don't have to get into too much of detail, but just kind of give a, you know, what are some things, you know, cause if I don't know, how would I know other than, me saying it or, you know, in my mind, because this is something that, you know, even we ran into as we were getting married, like she was trying to show me love in a way that made sense to her. I was trying to show her love in a way that made sense to me, but we weren't speaking to each other's language. So just for, for, you know, a perspective of knowing that you don't represent all men, obviously, and your wife doesn't represent all women, but what were some things that you intentionally did to help to, you know, purvey that message? Just be affectionate, affectionate to my wife Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Because, I mean, I love her and she loves me. We we were were affectionate in front of the kids, Mm -hmm. whether we hugged or kissed or whatever it is. 
uh, also they know that I'm going to be there for mama. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, basically what keeps a marriage together is to serve each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I've served her. She serves me. If she has a need, I move to fill it. If I got a need, she moves to fill it. And it just keeps everything flowing perfectly. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't stay married 39 years, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and not do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to serve each other, yeah. you know, to the point now we, we, we've been married so long. We know we, we can we can read each other's mind almost, you know, mm-hmm. know what you're thinking, you know. We're trying to get that. We're trying yeah. to beat the real record. He's trying to rocket speed us <laughs> here. I'm like, babe, let me learn you before you just expect We're trying to do it like we don't take a minute. <laughs> we like, we do. Yeah. What kind of sandwich do I want? And she was like, I was thinking pizza. It's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a minute. But, you know, two, thinking, thinking of your wife. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's been a tough week. You know, you coming home from work. You know, mom, mom's mom's told you talk to her on the phone. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Stay in contact with your wife. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. She knows where I'm at at all times. Yeah. I have an app. On, we have an app on my phone. Oh, I know. You 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 told me to get the app, and we yeah. definitely got the app. Yeah, the app <laughs> on my phone. And my wife knows where I'm at at all times, and she knows, and I know where she's at. She leaves the house, my phone dings. Yeah, when she gets to where she's at, it dings. Dings. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, these are things that call, that, that causes husband and wife to be accountable. Yeah. You Tell know? about the other reason what, why that was important, though, Cause because just so you guys know, um, you know, he had suggested this for me, and I talked to my you know then fiancé about it, and she was like, you know what? God put that on my heart, too. I was thinking that we should do that. But you had brought up a very interesting point outside of the accountability. Yes. What was that reason that you thought that that was a really great idea? Because if something happens... Mm. I got. I know. I know exactly where she's at. Yeah, and I can get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if she breaks down. Yeah, she can call me. Yeah, but I know exactly where she's at. I can just follow that map on that on that on that app. Yeah, and know exactly where, if she can't talk to me, or she's in a in a state where she can't talk to me or whatever it is. I'll mm-hmm. find her. Yeah, you know, I can call up. I can call a policeman or, or ambulance or whatever it is, and let them know that this is where she's at. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just it's it it, it works both ways. It yeah. works both ways. I thought that was really powerful, though, because, you know, I, in my in my in my player mentality, the very first thing, even though I didn't have any any chances or thoughts of, of doing something ill, just when you said, like, she'll know where you at at all times. And I was like, I don't know if I want her to know where I'm at at all times. Well, that, that's that's <laughs> that's your that's the initial thing that a man would say. Right. You know, we know where that comes from. Yeah. 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 But that's the initial thing that the man would say in, in, in his mind. But if you if you really think about it, yeah, I want her to know where I'm at. Absolutely. See, because when somebody comes to her and say, "Hey, man, I saw Raymond so and so. Raymond was over here doing this. I saw him doing." You're a lie. <laughs> I know exactly where he was at. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I ain't got no problem. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a good thing, man. Um, I just I really love to to know about you know I love the the journey that you've been on. Um, the hustle that you've been on. I mean, because you've you've had multiple you know businesses on the sides as, and, and still always worked. Yeah. And I thought that was always a, a a key factor into the character of of the man that you are, and still continuing to do that. Um, one of my questions would be in the um, seeing is that you're a little bit older than us. Uh, what is what would you say is the biggest shift that you've seen? Uh, in child raising since, you know, even from when you were a child up until about now, what would you say would be the biggest um, noticeable shift that you've seen in your process? In a lot of families, man, we see it on TV all the time, is the kids have no respect for their parents. Mm. They have no respect at all. And the Bible tells us that if you don't respect your parents, you're going to live a short life. You see, so th- this is why I say it's very important for this organization to help dads to know, you know, that hey, make sure that you let your kids know, even if you if you you and the woman are not together, yeah, they you leave no doubt in their mind that you love them, yeah, you know, you can't hit them, you can't say hey, hun- honey, I'm gonna come over here and get you next week, and you don't show up, man, you can't do that. Yeah, them promises. Yeah, them promises will hurt you. Yeah. 
because they're gonna say, "Well, you said that last time." And it, it just becomes it becomes a snowball, mm. you know. Well, you I need to get to one. I can't count on my dad. Mm. Hey, baby, I'm coming. Oh no, you ain't. Yeah. They get to the point. Where I ain't, I ain't even expecting it. Yeah. Mm. And don't have no excuses either. Yeah, no excuses. I, I I had an excuse one time. My son, my oldest son, man, he had he said, "Dad, I figured out a way." For us to be able to see each other. We were at Walmart. Me, him, and his mom were walking through Walmart. And randomly, he just screamed out really loud, Hey, Dad, why don't you take me skating on Sunday or Saturday? And I looked at him, and he was just looking at me like, Go with it. And I was like, Yeah, well, you know, you got to ask your mom. You know, what? it's up to your mom. So she was like, Okay. But the mistake I made was come Friday when it was time for me to go pick him up, I, like an idiot, called. So I called to say, hey, am I still, because in my mind I was thinking I don't want to waste my gas and my time, mm -hmm. versus if I would have knocked on that door, he would have known that I showed up Absolutely. and she didn't allow me to. But in his mind, ah, see, I went out on a limb for you and you left me hanging. Mm -hmm. But he has no idea that that phone call ever happened. Same for my daughter. You know, she was really mad at me when we first met. She was like, why did you never call me again? I was like, are you kidding me? And I turned to her mom. I said, you told her I never called? She said, well, I mean, you didn't call consistently enough for me. So, but she has no idea that I've called hundreds of times. And I can't force myself no, past that no you can't you know what i mean no, you but can't. that's also not an excuse no you know as the dads that i've had around me you know i for a while i just kept people around me that would accept that level of uh fathering yeah but as i got older i started to realize as i became more responsible became more uh into my own as a man i realized that's not an excuse mm -hmm. i just made the wrong choice yeah just like you said, if you'd have knocked on the door, there's no, there's no, no ifs saying buts about it. She probably would have just let him come on out the door and let's go. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, the phone call gives you gives that end an excuse. Yeah, to don't show up over here. Yeah, you know, and then the, the child ends up suffering. Suffering. Not 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 knowing the other end don't know that this is happening to the son or the daughter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because no, it, it hurt the kid is the one who suffers. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's a sad it's a sad deal, but it happens every single day. And I was trying to preserve my 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 pride and integrity, because I didn't want to be rejected at the door. Yeah, yeah. It was my own child. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But instead of but it makes it, it more difficult it to is. reject when you get the door. It mm -hmm. is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you can't because I've here. had it slammed a yeah. few times. Yeah. You know, but, and and again, I but it puts it back. The child really, the child will be able to see what's going on. Yeah. If you showed up at the door yeah. and she slams the door, yeah. well, this ain't, this ain't dad. Dad's here for me. Yeah. You know? And yeah. you, like I said, just, just, just leave no doubt. Just leave no doubt no in their mind whatsoever that dad loves you. Well, if I have to send you a Christmas, Christmas <laughs> gift across this continent, yeah. you're going to know daddy love you. I'm going to have a I love you note in there. Yeah. You know? And if mom don't give it to you, then, you know, I just got to keep doing what I do. Yeah, and if it if the presents just pile up at the house, yeah, that's just what's going to. That's happen. actually what happened to my yeah. wife. Yeah, when she went to go handle her dad's, uh, you know, affairs when he passed away, she found out that he truly loved her. See, because of that, and mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things that truly impacted me to be like, wait a minute, I did it wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did it wrong. Yeah, and this is why we have our our men's meetings on Thursdays, every other Thursdays. Is because these kinds of stories change the hearts of men. It allows them to get a chance to talk to other fathers. Yeah. And we're not beating up on each other, but it's al allowed to be like, say, hey, man, let me bounce this idea. And then I could learn from a, a, a person of your your intelligence, your intellect, and your, your integrity to say, hey, man, you know what? But if you show up, this is an option that can happen. Yeah. As, a, as opposed to, and then I get to say, oh, objectively, I didn't even think of that part because yeah. I still, I mean, it, my son's 19 now. Yeah. And that, that, that particular situation plays in my head a thousand times. I can't tell you how many times I've woken up out of a cold sweat thinking, 
if I would have just knocked on the door, how different our relationship might be today. Yeah, but there's going to be countless. There's gonna be, the thing about it is just you've gone through that. There's going to be countless guys that come through this program mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to help with that situation. Yeah. And to the fathers that, you know, don't can't be in their children's life, similar to Marquise, yeah. um, you know, just, just speaking to you, you never know what that child remembers. So just mm-hmm. as we've talked about, you know, showing up at the door is so much yeah. better than having a phone call. Yes. Um, my father being, you know, by 20 plus years, I heard he hated me, didn't want me, you know, but... I had two very distinct memories of him. One time I got in trouble for spilling Kool-Aid and, you know, my mom left and then he let me lay in the bed with him. I was still in trouble, but, yeah. you know, he yeah. was comforting me. And then next time we were going to go see you brought on McDonald and I didn't listen and I was in the wrong, but he still comforted me. Yes. He's like, well, you're not going to be able to meet Ronald McDonald, but you can sit right here with me, you know. Yes. And and then, you know, there was a time where we, they went to court and I remember he was just yelling my name through the crowd and my mom wouldn't let me. She shoved me in the bathroom. Um, but be, so because I had those three memories, I'm like, it just doesn't some, add yeah, up. Some, you know? some, it just doesn't here. make sense. Yeah, yeah. something's so a miss here. you never know. Yeah. So that's why I say just those moments that you do have, just like she went through, just keep going. Because they, 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 at some point, they're going to be knocking on your door. Yeah. It might be when they're 28 and might got yeah. three kids. Yeah. But they're going to knock on your door. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I hope they, I hope they you know, low-key listen to these things. Um you know, because that's and that's why we live out loud is to be able to put our heart out here. So, you know, people don't have this idea that I think that I've made it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I'm living Man. it every day. You know, every trying to build us. it. And thank God I have a wife that understands, um, that is supportive, and you know has abilities way beyond my own to be able to help nurture yeah. some of those things uh, in me. But honey, as we part ways from this season, this episode, anyway. Uh, any lasting words for Brother Raymond? Ah, oh, man, I just really want to thank you for being here. I feel like we could have very easily turned this into a three-hour podcast, but for <laughs> our listeners, we will not. Uh, but yeah, there's just a, a wealth of, of knowledge and just just solid conversation. So thank you so much for coming and, and sharing your journey with I'm us. I'm glad you guys in, uh, invited me. Well, yeah. we are fixing to jump into the private father group and uh, have some words of wisdom, but here is our wonderful voice recorded look i'm so excited because he's here i want to just make him do the commercial right away but we'll go ahead and save him the 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 -the on-the-spot moment birthright living legacy needs your help as we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children we are preparing to provide curriculum counseling and family law assistance for any of our fathers We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.